And hello, everybody. It is Monday, December 21st, 2020. It's 6 p.m. on a Monday evening. And if it's 6 p.m. on a Monday evening and you're listening to 91.7 WYXR Memphis, Tennessee, you have reached the home of Real Talk. This is Real Talk Radio. I am your host, Chip Washington. It is very nice to be here and it is very nice to be here with you uh, on this Monday, this is the last uh, real talk, uh, new real talk, live real talk of the year. Uh, so if you are uh, out there, wherever it is you are, I really appreciate that. If you're local, you can catch us on 91.7, as stated a minute ago, WYXR, your crosstown radio station. If you are anywhere outside of the county or anywhere outside of the city or the state or somewhere in the country, you can Check us out on the TuneIn app, T-U-N-E-I-N. Uh, go to TuneIn, and you can put in the search box, W-Y-X-R, hit play, and you can hear us crystal clearly uh, wherever it is you are in the country. Again, very happy to have you with us, uh, and hopefully we will end the year on a high note. I think we have a pretty good show uh, for you this evening. want to greet my uh, producers. Both of them are here with me tonight. Adam Pageant is is on the ones and twos producing the show, and uh, Marquette Walker is my other producer. He's also in the house tonight as well. And I want to publicly say uh, how much I appreciate both of you uh, for um, hanging with me. You've been with me since the start of the show, uh, August of uh, 2019, and uh, I'm very, very proud of uh, both of you. You are both seniors in high school, and at some point you'll be leaving me, but uh, you know you're here now, and I appreciate that. And I wish uh, each and every each of, each of you a very happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. As I stated, this is the last uh, fresh show of the year. I'm going to take a little downtime. I'll be back first week in January. That will be January 4th. We'll be back with an all-new live Real Talk. Now, if you have celebrated a birthday, an anniversary, or a special occasion 
uh, over this uh, weekend or even today. Uh, congratulations to you uh, in whatever form that may take. There were a lot of birthdays today, you know, out there uh, in uh, radio land and Facebook land and in the land period. So a happy birthday, a happy anniversary, uh, whatever the case may be. We have a good show tonight. Uh, I am going to be speaking with uh, Sally Hines. She actually is the executive director of MIFA. She's been on the show before. And we're going to talk about uh, the uh, Christmas time deliveries, you know, that deliver meals to seniors on Christmas Day. We're going to talk about that program uh, happening in just a few days. Christmas is Friday, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So if you haven't gotten uh, my gift yet, you still have a few days to get out there and take care of your business. Um, so she's going to talk about that and some of the other community programs MIFA has. Also, uh, Bob Faulkner is the president of the Community Foundation of Memphis. And speaking of helping others, that group, that organization gives millions of dollars to many organizations uh, throughout the Mid-South uh, to help them, uh, you know, function and get along and help you function. And uh, even in the midst of COVID, they have been able to uh, help a lot of organizations uh, with a lot of funding needs. And uh, they were the recipient, by the way, of a big grant award to the tune of uh, close to $9 million uh, from a, an organization. We will talk about that as well. And finally, we will have pastor and author Devin Westbrook Sr. He will join us tonight. He is the pastor of Redemption Church. And he's got a new book out. He uh, does a little writing on the side. This is his sophomore project or second project. It's called Hold Your Applause, The Art of Focusing on Your Assignment. So I look forward to uh, having a conversation uh, with him. And, and before I even go on, uh, I have to say hi to his wife, Samantha. Samantha, <laughs> Samantha Westbrook is like a publicist, publicist dream. This woman Boy, she knows, I can say, I'll say this, she loves her husband. I can tell you that. She is about as supportive and encouraging and motivating as anybody I've ever seen. So uh, I wanted to say hi to her as well. So let's get into some of the news and notes. And I think locally the big news story broke late this afternoon. Health directive from the Shelby County Health Department, Health Directive 16, uh, came out today. And, uh, yeah, there are a few changes. It takes place the 26th, which is Saturday, day after Christmas. And it will go until January 22nd of next year. Uh, now, uh, they, they started off by saying residents of Shelby County are asked to remain home as much as possible, if you can. Uh, now, for retail stores, they have decreased the capacity to 50%. Indoor dining capacity will be at 25%. At restaurants, and uh, of course, you know, I'm sure they'll have the takeout or delivery option there as well. Gyms and fitness facilities uh, capacity reduced to 50%. That includes staff, and you have to wear a mask from the time you walk in until the time you leave, unless you have a medical condition. Um, they say a lot of the social activities related to entertainment and recreation should be cut back because. It could expose everyone to unnecessary risk of spreading COVID-19. And it also encourages employers to allow non-essential employees to, to work remotely, you know, where it's possible. In other words, if you can work from home, do it. That would be a good thing. Uh, any previously approved events scheduled during the four-week period in question 
should make plans to reschedule or contact the health department to see if they can move forward. Uh, let's see. It also ins- includes certain restrictions on gatherings and sporting events. Uh, the governor uh, signed an executive order last night uh, limiting all gatherings, which include wedding receptions and a lot of other get-togethers, to 10 people or less. So um, they're trying to decrease, obviously, the transmission of the virus, which is exponentially increased countywide. We're like five, six, seven hundred new cases a day, dozens of people dying each and every day. Um, in this country, we've had about 318,000 people, give or take, uh, who have succumbed uh, to the virus. Um, and that's a very, very sad statistic. And the number is growing each and every day. So they're trying to do their best to not completely shut us off, but just to make the point that this is a real deal. This is a serious situation. The numbers um, have just gone through the roof. Um, the proof is out there each and every day. Uh, we could see additional higher cases. We have Christmas coming up. We know folks will get together, even though they're not supposed to. Folks will get together. There'll be holiday parties and events and things like that. And then right after that, you have New Year's. So, you know, they're not forecasting a good January or February, but we'll deal with that when we get to it. So that's sort of the highlight of uh, what happened this afternoon. I'm sure you can go to the health department website if you want more information and details on what is going on there. Two vaccines out now, uh, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna uh, vaccine are being put into arms even here in Shelby County. Uh, The frontline workers, the hospital staff, the doctors, the nurses, all the frontline folks getting their shots first. Uh, And then you're going to have, you know, some of the long care facilities, health care facilities are going to be, you know, uh, giving shots to some of their residents as well. So this is going to be a process. This is going to be a process. It's going to take some months to get it done. Uh, the medical community, as I said, are first. The first responders are are next in the long care, uh, long term care facilities, and then it goes down and down and down. Okay, but I do have some good news. I actually have some good news. Uh, the stimulus package that everybody's been talking about for the last month or two uh, has actually been agreed to by the folks in Congress. Uh, they're going to vote on it, and hopefully, it will be law soon. It's a nine hundred billion dollar package. And it does include a $300 boost to unemployment. If you are unemployed and you're collecting unemployment, you will get an additional $300 to what you are currently getting. Uh, It will also extend the eviction moratorium for renters for an unspecified amount of time. That I'm really happy about that uh, because there are lots and lots and lots and lots of people who are facing eviction by the end of this year. And so we want folks to try to have a roof over their heads so they can be able to stay out of the bad weather, but also be able to take care of their families. And uh, for those who qualify, a $600 direct payment. How many of you got the $1,200 last year? All right. Hands up, Shelby. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, you're going to get half of that this year, but that's OK. I say half is better than none. Right. Right. We can all use six hundred dollars. And if you can't use yours, you know, you can you can pass it on. I, I, I promise you I will take good care 
of, of, of that refund should you get it. So, and they're talking about maybe the next two weeks uh, being able to get that check. So, yeah. And also small businesses will um, be able to get, a, get some financial uh, interest out of this and uh, a boost shot in the arm, um, you know, for them as well. So, you know, there's some good news on the horizon. You know, I like the fact that small businesses will get a hand because small businesses have been getting beaten up exponentially as uh, we know it. What else is going on out here? Oh, the uh, University of Tennessee Volunteers, who just accepted uh, a, a an invitation to the Liberty Bowl, have quickly rescinded. They will no longer be in the Liberty Bowl, which is played on the 31st, I believe, of December. Uh, why? Because of, all together now, COVID-19. Uh, that includes the head coach and several other coaches and several other players. So, that will not be happening for the local folks this year. I don't know if there's going to be a substitute. I would imagine they'll find somebody. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of goes to show you what's, what's really, really going on. And finally, for you University of Memphis Tiger basketball fans out there, your coach, Penny Hardaway, has signed a five-year extension worth well over $12 million. So, you know, he's starting to bring back the noise uh, and um, make it exciting down there again. So, Congratulations to Penny. If you see him, if you know him, tell him that, you know, you got a shout out on Real Talk on uh, this big, big show on this Monday. Well, we're going to take a break. Oh, by the way, uh, I have some, uh, some, um, Adam, what is this? This is uh, fruit. What is it? Huh? Fruitcake. And what's this? And flatbread. Adam brought me some fruitcake and some flatbread from his from his family, and I, and I and a fruitcake. And I appreciate that. Did I say what I say? Okay, did I get it right? Okay, <laughs> I'm talking fast here, man. I'm telling you, it's really good. So thank you um, to you know Melissa and Clark. I appreciate that from the Padgett family. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna start the show off, and we are going to talk about MIFA, and we're gonna talk about what they are going to do for. Uh, many folks who may not be able to do for themselves during the holiday. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip Washington. You know who you are. We'll be right back. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. Crosstown Concourse was founded on the idea that we are all better when we are together, which can be difficult these days. Luckily, Concourse has over 1 million square feet of indoor and outdoor space, so you can spread out while you hang out, eat out, or work out. Learn more at crosstownconcourse.com. 
Crosstown Concourse is celebrating the holidays by shining bright. This year's Delight at Concourse festivity will last all December long, featuring indoor and outdoor light installations, pop-up dining areas, daily live music, and more. Thank you for being our light in the dark. Now, Crosstown will delight you. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk uh, with Chip. Uh, I am that aforementioned individual. So happy to have you with us. On this Monday evening, and I am uh, very happy to have uh, my first guest uh, tonight and consider her a friend of the show. She's been on before. She is the executive director of MIFA, and we all know what MIFA does to serve our community and what a fantastic organization it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sally Hines. Sally, are you there? I am. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I'm glad to be with you tonight. Well, I am very happy to have you with us, and uh, we really appreciate it. I know how busy you are this time of year. And, uh, you know, last time you and I uh, chatted, we talked about the uh, extreme challenges that this uh, pandemic has has really caused a shift uh, for everyone in how we do business these days. And you said that, that, that MIFA was no exception to the rule in terms of having to readjust and now we are at the end of a, of of, a, of another year, and uh, you are preparing uh, for a big delivery day on Friday. Talk to us about uh, the delivery to the seniors uh, this year, if you will. Um, right. Well, MIFA has delivered uh, meals on Christmas Day to our Meals on Wheels clients since 1984. Oh my! Um, it's a real tradition at MIFA, but we knew it was going to have to look different this year. We sure wanted to do it because. Of all years, we hated for our seniors to perhaps not get a Christmas Day meal this year of all all years. Mm-hmm. But we knew with COVID-19 that we needed to make it look a little bit different. So um, volunteers will pick up the meals outside, and they've been instructed to wear masks and all of that uh, COVID-19 protocol that now we've become uh, so familiar with. So, I mean, obviously, you know, with what we are dealing with, uh, with, with this, you know, you, you, you want to stay safe, not only for the folks who are, who are delivering the meals, but for the folks who are the recipients of the meals. And you mentioned uh, the long history of this particular uh, event. And, and how many meals do you think you're going to be delivering this year? Um, we'll deliver to 800. 800 seniors in, in oh the my. community, oh and it, it will take about 200 volunteers. So I was going to ask you about the volunteer effort, which is always great. Are you are you are you are you prepared in terms of the volunteers, or or do you need more volunteers, or do you have more than you can use in terms of 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 delivering the uh, the packages this year and the food this year? We are. Uh, that we have enough volunteers for Christmas Day that is uh, covered 
but um, you know we deliver meals also other other days of, of yes, regular do. days all year long. So yes, we do. are looking for volunteers um, who might be interested in and in joining up to uh, deliver meals. And it, you know it's one of the best volunteer opportunities in the world. I think it, once you do it, you'll want to do it again and again. So um, if anybody's interested. We're looking. Well, I have done it before, and you were right to see the smiles on these folks' face and the appreciation, the true appreciation from the heart uh, that they express is absolutely priceless. Talk to uh, our listeners about the challenges that you have had to face to run an organization of this size this year uh, in the middle of a pandemic that none of us have ever experienced before. Well, you're right. We had to change um, operations pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, we always kept our mission as our God star. And what did we need to do to continue to serve um, vulnerable seniors and families in crisis in our community? So we just found a way to do it. And with the meals, you know, we changed, uh, as I mentioned, the volunteer pickup to be curbside and um, instructed everyone to wear masks and uh, to keep uh, interaction with uh, our homebound seniors to a minimum and not to go inside and all of that protocol. And then, you know, our assistance for families with utility rent and mortgage assistance, we had to take that application online. And um, so there was just a lot of communication to get, um, let people know that that was how we were going to do things. But um I'm glad to say that uh, it, it all seems to be uh, working. We haven't had any interruptions of service, and we've been able to um, help so many in the community, thanks to the MIFA staff that, who are incredible and to our donors and partners who are also incredible. We're speaking with Sally Hines. She's the executive director of MIFA. Uh, and, you know, mentioning, uh, talking about uh, the staff and talking about um, just all of the cogs in the wheel that make this organization go on a daily basis. You know, I've talked to other, um, you know, to the city and county representatives, uh, and they all mention um, what a vital partner uh, MIFA is. And can you talk a little bit, you mentioned just a couple of things about the uh, utility assistance program. Can you talk about some of the other programs uh, that you all have uh, to help folks out there? Um, well, in, in addition to utility assistance, we also do rent uh, in mortgage assistance. And we also, for um, families who are literally homeless, are able to get those families into shelter and then um, eventually into permanent housing. That, that, and, and I'm pretty sure that uh, that has become even a greater challenge from the economic perspective this year, has it not? Right. We are, are very relieved uh, that it looks as though our friends in Washington, D.C. are going to pass uh, another stimulus mm -hmm. response, mm -hmm. and it, it looks as though they are, will extend the um, eviction moratorium for another month. Right. So uh, I, I'm happy about that for the month of January, but we, we all know that the need in, in the community that's brought about by COVID is um, going to be with us for a while. You have been with uh, the MIFA organization for 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 many years, and uh, you know you sort of worked your way up the ranks, and now you are running the organization. What is uh, when you sit back and you think about you know what it is that you all do on a daily basis? Um, how does it make you feel? I mean, in terms of just giving back and being such a strong pillar 
uh, in Memphis and the Mid South for what you do on a daily basis. But I mean, when you when you really sit back and think about, you know, wow, what it is that we do, what it is that all of us collectively do, we know what what goes through your mind. Well, back when um, MIFA was, you know, volunteers were coming in the doors at MIFA or clients looking for assistance were coming in the doors at MIFA, I, um, you know, I would arrive at work in the morning and, and the first doors I went through were uh, where people seeking utility and rent assistance would come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it was sad to walk in and see people who've had a crisis and they needed help. I was gl- I'm glad MIFA was there, but it also is... Uh, you know, difficult to see people who um, are in uh, need like that. And, but then I'd go to the other side of the building and all of these volunteers, up to 100 volunteers a day, are showing up to pick up meals, and it's cold and it's raining, and they're still showing up to pick up those meals. So just I think MIFA is, is so wonderful in the fact that people of all faith and um, all social strata, you know, they want to come together and they want to make a difference. And it's, it's our clients, it's our volunteers, it's our donors. It's, it's, I feel like it's this wonderful um, mirror of Memphis. And, 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 and in, in the end, I'm just blessed to be there and be a part of it. Mirror in Memphis. That that's a very 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 great thing to say. It's a great way to end this thing too. And I I just I just I have a, such an uh, uh, an affection and an affinity for for MIFA for what for what it is you all do and your glowing uh, you know words about the volunteers who really make the engine go uh, you know on a daily basis. And that it really is true. There's something about Memphis in the Mid South when people are in need, people really step up, don't they? It's amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really is. And I agree with you. Well, Sally Hines, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us here at the Real Talk Show. And, uh, and I want to wish you and your family a very uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And uh, I, I pray that for all of us, 2021 <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a much better year. We can all recover. And maybe at some point uh, we can actually get back to what we know to be normal here <laughs> I, i'm very hopeful for that also chip and i'm very grateful thanks so much for having having me on and for being such a good friend of my thank you so much sally i appreciate it take care of yourself and you be safe okay thanks all right you too all right Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Sally Hines. Uh, as I said, she is the executive director of MIFA, and of course, uh, they do wonderful, wonderful work. And if it not for the volunteers, if not for the volunteers, uh, I don't know where we would be. Uh, but we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk with Bob Fockler. He is the president of the Community Foundation of Memphis, and he's going to talk about how busy they've been this year, and also. Uh, how a big donation is going to help them as we get into 2021. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. You know who you are. We're back in a minute. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. It's Real Talk. It's Real Talk. It's Real Talk. It's Real Talk. 
Carla Thomas speaking. Listen, there's no harm in staying in school. You gain so much, and you have so much more to offer to your country, yourself, and to other young people who will follow in your footsteps. There's a key to the door of your future in the classroom. Go and get it and do something with it. Like what you're hearing? WYXR is a listener-supported station. Help keep the sound of Memphis alive by donating at WYXR.org. Support for WYXR comes from our partner, Tamburino. Tamburino's staff of IT specialists help businesses develop a technology strategy that aligns with their business goals. For more information, visit Tamburino.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back. And uh, since we are uh, a community station and it's all about Memphis, I was just told that Today is Carla Thomas's birthday, and she was the one you actually heard there a minute ago in the PSA. So it's all about music at this joint, man. I tell you, every time I come in here, I learn a little bit more about Memphis and Memphis music. All right, um, this is Real Talk. I'm Chip. I'm very happy to have you with us on this Monday evening, and I'm also very happy to have a gentleman on the phone right now um, who is the president of the Community Foundation of Memphis. His name is Bob Fockler. Bob, you there? I'm here. Hey, Chip. Hey, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing real well. Thank you so much for taking some time uh, to uh, spend with us uh, this evening. Uh, Bob, for those of uh, us out here who don't really know or understand what the Community Foundation of Memphis does uh, for so many in this town, can you give us sort of a rundown of your organization, if you don't mind? Sure. Let me let me give a half step back and, and actually um, uh, also give a bow to uh, your first guest because there were there are two community institutions that were created as a direct result of the sanitation strike in 1968. One was MIFA, who uh, uh, I think everybody knows, but the other is the Community Foundation. We're probably not, perhaps not known quite as well. But after uh, the sanitation strike in 1968. Um, business and community leaders got together and said, well, what do we do uh, to fix the city? I mean, we, we did a, a great job of, of uh, damaging ourselves in 1968. What do we do to fix it? And mm-hmm. after talking to leaders in other cities, they said, well, what you really need to do is drive charitable giving. So the Community Foundation was formed in 1969 to help individuals, families, and organizations manage and grow their charitable giving. So that's what we do. Um, we've been doing it for 51 years now. Um, today we manage about $900 million, and that's in charitable funds that are managed by about 1,000 families that we work with. So if you, if you want to look at it this way, we were like 1,000 private foundations under, under one roof. So we help them. Uh, we give them ideas. We help them uh, execute their, their, their grant-making um, and uh, basically serve as their back office. At the same time, um, we also uh, are a, a service to the community, trying to inform our donors, but also the broader community about what the needs of the community are. Um, some of the great nonprofits in our community that are they're doing a great job that deserve to be supported. 
So um, in the process, um, we are by far the largest grant maker in the state of Tennessee. Last year, um, our, 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 our donors together and, and our own grant making um, amounted to about $163 million worth of grant making, which is um, just a huge impact. The, by far, most of that um, grant making stays in Memphis in the Mid-South, about 81% of it. So uh, collectively, our, our donors have a huge impact on this community. Well, I'll say so. Absolutely. Speaking with Bob Fockler, he is the president of the Community Foundation of Memphis. And I I have to say, you know, when we talked initially a few days ago and you told me just how much money uh, comes through your foundation to some of the nonprofits and some of the other folks out here, uh, you know, who really, really need it. uh, It is it's extraordinary, I guess. And when I hear the amount and the numbers that you were referring to of just how great a need there is in Memphis and the Mid-South. And also, um, combined with COVID, it must have presented a few more than a few challenges for you this year. Well, absolutely. And, of course, it helps that we happen to live in the most generous city in, in, on the planet. Yes, sir. Uh, Memphians have been supporting Memphians forever, and, and we, we do that um, in good times, and we do that in tough times. So uh, in March, um, I got a call from... Mayor Strickland's office from from Doug McGowan, the chief operating officer right. of the city, mm-hmm. and he and Mayor Harris from the county have been talking, and they they sort of knew before the pandemic hit. I think they they knew what was coming, and they knew that government alone um, couldn't be the sole answer. So um, they asked, they collectively asked the community foundation if we would help manage and build a um, a private fund that would raise private dollars to help serve the needs of the community. The result was the Mid-South COVID-19 Regional Response Fund, which um, we've raised over $14 million since March oh my goodness. Um, for, for community response. And, and God knows we needed it and, and um, probably need a good bit more than that. So that's what we've been really working hard on since March is, is um, trying to, to meet the immediate needs of people that were struggling as a result of the pandemic and also try to help out the nonprofits that were struggling and trying to, to serve the needs of the community as well. So, you know, before we talk about uh, uh, some big news that came your way not too long ago in terms of a, of, a, of, a, of a donation, how do you as an organization determine or, or what is the process of, you know, who gets, you know, what amount of money, what organization? I mean, how does all that, that work? Well, that's a great question. Um, with, respect, with, with respect to all of our donor funds, the 1,000 or so families, the, our donors get to make those decisions themselves. And we, we certainly try to give them as much information and influence them. But with respect to the COVID Regional Response Fund, we put together a unique team um, to do that. So the team that we put together back in March included city government, county government, the Community Foundation, United Way of the Mid-South, because we know that they know as much about health and human services and, and, and needs on the ground as anybody, and Momentum Nonprofit Partners, which is sort of the nonprofit technical assistance and, and uh, informational um, uh, agency in our area. Um, so we met on a weekly basis, and we heard from all of those partners about what they were hearing in terms of community needs. Um, Momentum Nonprofit Partners did a series of surveys of, of area agencies to see what needs that they were seeing, mm-hmm. um, and we got together literally on a weekly basis um, and um, put our heads together and decided where that the money was was best used um, earlier week by week, and then over the summer we we had a more comprehensive uh, set of grants 
um, that were uh, made to area nonprofits for general operating support, but we also made some uh, grants for direct service support to help struggling agencies with their fundraising, mm-hmm. with, with their human resources, and with the risk management policies. We also made a, a, a significant grant over the summer to Shelby County Schools um, to help um, provide personal hotspots for kids that did not have connectivity yeah. as we were approaching the, the school the school year, because we knew they were all going to be online. So um, community-based information and then community-based decision-making is, is, is how those grants were made. Wow. Speaking with Bob Fockler, he's the president of the Community Foundation of Memphis. Now, uh, I saw you on TV recently. You had a bit of, you had a bit of news uh, come your way in, in, in reference to a, a, a rather large and sizable donation. I'm going to give the floor to you to talk about that and uh, how we move forward from there. Well, I mean, we were we we've been privileged to receive a couple national grants. I mean, I think that Memphians tend to think that, you know, we roll up our sleeves and do things for ourselves. But I think we were were particularly pleased um, to to receive some national attention. Um, we got about two weeks ago. We got a, a million dollar grant from Facebook. Um, they made twenty grants around the country to help struggling communities, particularly communities of color, mm-hmm. and we were one of the 20 communities to get that. But wow. then at about the same time, I got a phone call um, from a, a consultant uh, who was not from around here and said that she was working for uh, a national philanthropist who was researching um, COVID needs and, and the, the, what, what communities need to respond to the, to the COVID pandemic. And so we told her everything that we were doing with respect to the, the Regional Response Fund, and I think they were they were surprised and, and impressed by how quickly we got the money out and how broadly the money went out, um, and you know said thanks. And, and about a week later, they called back and said, "Well, the the donor would would like to invest, and they'd like to give you eight million dollars." <laughs> so that was the uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad I was. Fortunately, I was sitting. I was going. I was going to ask you. You were sitting down when that. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting down at the time. Fortunately, okay. all right. Wow, um, but that's the, amazing. The donor was was Mackenzie Scott, who is who has been um, pretty well known for yeah. trying to make a very hard and quick impact on 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 the the national scene. Yeah, this was part of. Uh, so I think it was four billion dollars uh, in, in yeah. grants that she was. Uh, Yes, yeah. and and that's on the heels of, of about a, a million and a billion and three quarters that she had put out earlier in the year. So, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, she, she's trying to make an impact yeah. um, on, particularly given on what's what's happening with the pandemic. So before I wrap up here, what uh, I mean, clearly eight eight million dollars, uh, you can do a little bit of something with that. And uh, do you, have you already started to think about it, or is it too soon um, as you look into your operating budget for twenty twenty one? Well, no, we, we have started to think about it, and, and I can tell you what some of our thoughts are. Our thoughts have, again, been based on surveys of area agencies um, and also what government is hearing. So I think um, we're going to be meeting early in January um, to, with, with our, our committees to, to vet kind of what I'm about to tell you. But I, we, we know that, that we need operating support for area nonprofits again, which is what we did mm-hmm. um, particularly in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to do probably a, a round or two of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to re-up on some of our direct service support. So we're going to help some agencies with their fundraising and with their human resources uh, management skills. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also concerned about um, housing. And I think that I know Congress is as well. So there's there's some, some money in, this, in the uh, new bill that was just passed for um, housing security 
we're looking and working with with um, Department of Housing and Community Development with the city in particular with what they're doing to to secure um, um, housing for our, our our citizens that are having trouble making you know mortgage and rent payments. Right. So we're, we're we're looking at that, and we're also interested in investing in small businesses. Although again, in the in the bill that was just passed, there's there's a good bit of money there. So yes. we're we're looking at that. But the other piece that we're that doesn't really exist here that we know that the pandemic is really touching is mental health. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking with agency partners and also philanthropic partners to see um, what needs to be done um, on the mental health side. We know that the pandemic has, has, has touched everybody and it, there are mental health issues with you know, seniors and, and, and adults and children and, and uh, early childhood folks. Yes. So kind of across the gamut. So we're going to be trying to scramble pretty quick and, and figure out where we can have the, the greatest impact um, to to make sure that the Mid South stays stay strong mentally as well as economically. Well, absolutely uh, wonderful, uh, Bob, and thank you for uh, taking some time to uh, visit with us tonight and uh, for all you do for uh, our community each and every day. We really, really blessed to have you here, and I want to take this time to extend to you and your family a very uh, Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Uh, stay up, stay safe, and keep doing what you're doing, man. We really need it, and we really appreciate it. Thanks, Chip. I really, really appreciate it and appreciate what you guys do. Thank you so much, man. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Bob Faulkner. Bob is, again, the president of the Community Foundation of Memphis. And, yeah, uh, that is one major organization that does some really, really good work here in the Mid-South. And that $8 million donation, I'm sure, has come in very handy and will help a lot of people. All right. We're going to take our final break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, a man who – Preaches the word, not only it verbally, but written form as well. His name is Devin Westbrook. He is the pastor of Redemption Church. He's also an author. We're going to get into it. This is Real Talk, the last live show of 2020. Last break as well. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, uh, don't, go no, don't go anywhere. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Willie Clayton, and you're listening to 91.7 WYXR. Y'all have a safe, happy holiday. Stay safe, be blessed. We're all in this together. And don't forget to put your mask on. Remember, Willie Clayton said it. Put your mask on. Save your life. Save a loved one life. Everybody be just fine. Peace. Happy holidays. Support for WYXR comes from our partner, Spaces Group. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, government, and not-for-profit markets. For more information or to start your project, visit spacesgrp.com. Hi, this is the big O, Otis Redding. I was just standing here thinking about you, thought I'd write a song about you and dedicate it to you. Take a listen. 
If you didn't go back to school this year, you're really not groovy. Maybe you feel that school is a drag, it just don't move you. But did you ever think about how square you look standing in an employment line because school didn't interest you? You're really hard to think about it. Without an education, you could only be a tramp. No gun shoes, no haircut, just plain old country. Don't worry about the fellas on the corner calling you green because you're in your future condition. You're really hard to think about. And furthermore, tell them that old is red and say you're very wise because you'll be at the top when they get there and if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, you really ought to think about it. Think about it, really ought to think about it. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. All right, ladies and gentlemen, having a great time tonight. Uh, this is, as I said, the last uh, live show of the year. Chip's going to take a break because Chip's old and he needs some rest. Anyway, <laughs> we are very happy to have you with us uh, wherever it is you are in the country. And I'm also happy to have my next guest uh, who was uh, brought to my attention by his his publicist and, and his helpmate for life, uh, his wife, Samantha. Uh, he is Devin Westbrook Sr. He is the pastor of Redemption Church here in Memphis, and he's also an author. We're going to talk about his latest project in just a minute, but Pastor, you there? I am here. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it, and I said it earlier tonight, uh, uh, you got somebody in Samantha, boy. <laughs> she, 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 she love her some you, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> it's good to be loved, right? It's always good to be loved. You got that right. So you know, and 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 again, uh, you know, I was I was really happy to um, uh, have a chance to uh, to talk with you uh, this evening. And I'm always looking uh, at folks who are looking to inspire uh, others. And uh, I'm to understand that that is what you do on a regular basis. Tell us about your church, Redemption Church. Redemption Church. Uh, we'll be celebrating seven years. First of all. Thank you for having me. Let me say that. Not Thank a problem. You for having me. I'm excited to be here tonight. Yes, sir. And share this time with you, especially being the last on this uh, for this year. Uh, I find it uh, as a credit, and I'm honored to be doing that. Yes, sir. Uh, Redemption Church. We established Redemption Redemption Church uh, in January 2021. Will be seven years. Okay. Um, we are a uh, non-denominational church. We are Christ-centered, Bible-based. Uh, we like to say that we are. Uh, we we try to be both doctrinal and dope at the same time. I got you. We try to be doctrinal and dope, mm-hmm. which means we want to we want to certainly be Christ centered, Bible based. However, at the same time, um, I believe that Jesus Jesus and God Himself was a I'm uh, my creative to the utmost. If He is the ultimate Creator, then I believe that anything that He's called us to ought to have some flavor and some salt to it. Mm-hmm. He called us to be salt of the earth, so. We supposed to put some little season, some flavor, and whatever we do. So we try to be really uh, uh, dope. Try to be relevant. 
we want to make sure that um, we have a good time in ministry, and anybody who comes to our ministry uh, not only has an encounter with God, but they kind of, you know, they're not shamed to come to church. I, we want this church to be a church that mama and daughter can both come, father and son can both come and say, hey, man, I had a good time at church. So you have a, you have a transcendental message that, that, that spans the generation gap, too, don't you, it sounds like. We are intentional on that. Mm-hmm. We are intentional. I think this kind of come from what I've been told that my preaching style is that uh, grandmother and granddaughter can all understand what I'm saying and uh, feel as though I'm speaking to them. So if that's kind of been the uh, consistent theme of how uh, my ministry or my style of preaching has been described, um, we try to use that in terms of um, how we gauge our, how we gauge our ministry and how we, cultivate things we want everybody to feel like there is a place for them in this ministry everybody inter intergenerational that's what we uh that that's key to us that's very important to us you're speaking with pastor Devin westbrook of redemption church and before we talk about your book i want to talk about the fact that the church that you came up with we just lost one of our one of our greatest uh, uh, preachers one of our greatest soldiers uh, here recently uh uh reverend james netters and i know that you came up under discipleship uh under his church how important was he to you uh you know I'll say this. Everywhere I go, um, if somebody said, hey, what church you come from? I said, Mount Vernon. Instantly, there was a gold star beside my name. Mm-hmm. If I preached anywhere and they say, now you come from Mount Vernon? Instantly, there was a gold star. And I know that was not always because of what I did. It was because of the work that he's done. Uh, he has been um, he has been integral into who I am. Um I have often referred to him as the greatest man I have ever known. Wow. I'm not embellishing when I say that. He is by large, by far, by large, the greatest man that I personally have ever known um, to witness how he's carried himself um, for 40-plus years that I was in that ministry. Um, he was more than just my pastor. He was he was a father figure. He was granddad. He was... Um, he was a mentor. He was he was the example of how a man should carry himself. All the and above, he was those things. And and those things, those words are not embellishment. They are 100 percent accurate of the way I see him and the way I feel for him. I would not be. I don't think I would be any anywhere close to who I am. Not that I'm someone, but I wouldn't be half of what I am had I not known him. Well, that is a very strong testament to a, a, a man who meant so much uh, to so many. Uh, I want to yes. get to your to your book, um, and I, and I really I, I like the the title of it, and I'm gonna let you expound on it just a bit. Uh, <laughs> it is called "Hold Your Applause: The Art of Focusing on Your Assignment." Now, when you were looking for titles for your for your sophomore uh, your effort uh, in in the writing world, how did you stumble upon that? Oh, oh, okay. So you asked me something I wasn't quite ready for. How did I get to hold your applause? Yes, sir. Um, well, I, I noticed during the conversation uh, with the, with our men's disciple group, uh, we were meeting, uh, the men were meeting, and, and we were talking about, I think, assignments. And, um, and I got to see how many of us shared that whole notion 
of that we prayed for, supported, been there, sold into the lives of other people. But when our opportunity came, that that same thing was not reciprocated. However, what I've learned to do over my life is to move on whether I was being celebrated or not. And so the word celebration kind of morphed into the applause piece. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess I settled upon this thought of, you know what? You can hold your applause. My assignment is bigger than your applause anyway. Okay. So okay. you don't have to clap for me. It has no, it has no bearing on how I'm going to attack my, my assignment. You don't have to celebrate me. You don't have to put me on your flyer. You don't have to invite me to your this, that, or the third. That has no bearing on how diligent I am going to be to my assignment. And so the whole notion of hold your applause was rooted from that. So how do you, okay, so what is the message of the book? What are you trying to get across to folks? What do you want people who pick up this book, buy this book, read this book? What do you want the message to be that they get out of it? When they're done, I want them to understand that you have too much to accomplish to be distracted by negativity. Mm-hmm. I want them to understand that you have too much to accomplish to be distracted by negativity. What I learned, and so much of we deal with it in this book, is um, if you look at the if you look at things from a, a offense perspective, uh, the attack, the lack of applause, the lack of attention, so forth and so on, the negativity what this person has to say, lack of support. If you look at this from those perspectives, and that means you're putting you're you're divesting too much of your time into that. And those are external things. Mm-hmm. And you know that we have very limited control over the external. However, we have uh, a lot of control over the internal. Mm-hmm. So this this experience has taught me uh, and what I want people to understand is that if you will focus more of your attention on what you can control, the internal dynamic, you have a better, you have a, a better chance of uh, improving your lot in life. Yielding mm-hmm. too much attention to the attack or lack of support is the reason why many of us miss major moments. Do you think that happens a yielding lot? Too much, Do you think that happens a lot? Too, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yielding too much attention to the attack or to a lack of support is the reason why too many of us miss major moments. Mm-hmm. And moments build momentum. And so we ask ourselves, why don't we have momentum? Or why, why are we not experiencing these moments? It's because, uh, it's because we are too busy paying attention to lack of support and attacks. We have to become focused on the assignment in order to achieve the thing that God has set you on earth to achieve. So this this really isn't about um, what other people think. It, it really is about what a person can accomplish if they stay inwardly focused on 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 the prize at hand. Am I correct in that? That that is correct. Mm-hmm. Our, our job is to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Point blank, simple. God gave us the wheel. He gave us the wood. Our job is to do the work. We have to make it happen. And uh, applause applause won't necessarily help that. So we are the lack of applause should not stop that. Absolutely. So we're speaking with Devin Westbrook Sr. He's a pastor and he is an author. And uh, we're talking about his uh, second book, uh, Hold Your Applause, The Art of Focusing on Your Assignment. Talk a little bit uh, with a couple of minutes we have left here about your first book, if you if you if you would. The first book is entitled God Will Meet You in the Go. Uh, that book is. That book is centered on the notion of um, it's, it's, 
my, my, my goal was to come, use this book as a catalyst for change, mm-hmm. as a catalyst for uh, allowing somebody to get up from their current position and make it happen, to get up and go. God told Abraham to go to a land that I will show you. That was his, that was his directive to Abraham. Go to a land that I will show you. And in doing that, Abraham didn't know where he was going. He just trusted God to go. Mm-hmm. And so many of us are, are waiting on uh, our credit to improve. We're waiting on uh, notoriety. Uh, we're waiting on all these things, the external things again, before we get in position. And God said, if you go, I'll meet you in your going. As you go, I'll meet your needs. I'll meet your, uh, I'll help you to get to that next level. I'll, the, the, the stuff that you need to be successful, you may not have it when you go, but if you go by faith, all those things, God said, I'll meet you in your goal with whatever you need to go. And so that book is written as a catalyst, as a hope that people will get up from their places wherever they are in life, whether you're at the low end on Tottenham Pole or you're in the head of a major corporation. There's still another level to achieve. And so you won't get to that level if you stay put in where you are. Our call, God has called all of us to go with or without applause, with or without resources. Go. And if you go by faith, he says, I'll meet you in that place. And that, that's, that's what that book is about. So before we go, uh, quickly, can you let us know where we can uh, get a copy of, of, of your book? You can go to devin.westbrook. No, I'm sorry. DevinWestbrook.org. Okay. DevinWestbrook.org. D-E-V-I-N-W-E-S-T-B-R-O-O-K.org. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, cash app us at WMC. That's Westbrook Media and Publishing. Okay. WMC LLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, $25. And we can get. make sure you leave your address and we can get the, a copy of both of those books to you. Well. You know what? I, I really enjoy talking to you and I really and I really feel your spirit of encouragement for so many people. And I would wish you and your family, Samantha and your children uh, and all your family and your church family as well. A very a Merry Christmas. A happy holiday season. You all stay safe. You all stay up and stay well. And more importantly, uh, keep encouraging all of us. Yes, sir. Thank you again for the opportunity. Shout out to my wife, Samantha. Love you, baby. <laughs> that's what you. That's what I'm talking about. Talk to you soon, man. Take care. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up uh, this edition of Real Talk. And, uh, you know, we're about two minutes, uh, you know, so we're about ready to jump on out of here now. And, and listen, before I go, you know, I the days go by, you know, so quickly like a blur. And uh, and I really yeah I say it all the time. I, I tell my wife, I don't know who's listening to the show. I have no idea, uh, you know, who's out there. But but my goal is really to try to if, whether it's one or whether it's five or whether it's 105 um, that I provide guests on this show and information on this show that will hopefully help somebody. And that's really what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's really not about us. It's really about what we do to make things better for other folks. And I hope that uh, listening to the show, uh, you have been able to get, uh, gather some information, get some information um, that you need and maybe that uh, someone else needs as well. But, uh, you know, I am just uh, very pleased to uh, be back on the radio and be at this station, 91.7 WYXR. Uh, shout out to uh, Robbie Grant, uh, Jared J.B. Boyd 
and and Shelby, um, you know, who was our operations manager here and uh, does a, they do a, an amazing job. Uh, they've done an amazing job with this radio station. And we hope uh, as we sign off now uh, that um, we can uh, come back in 2021 and make things bigger, better and brighter. Adam, hit that thing. Uh, and we can, uh, you know, just try to do it better in 2021 and we can be better in 2021. In the meantime, we still have a virus that we're dealing with. So, ladies and gentlemen, wear your mask, protect yourself, 